Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, I am very excited to be with you today and excited to be kicking off a new teaching series entitled Dangerous Prayers. And so, you know, there are uh, a lot of prayers that we pray. There may be times in our life that we've said a prayer that really made an impact on our life. There are all kinds of different prayers. And I don't want in any way to minimize or to like say that certain prayers are more important than others. But here's how I would kind of classify it. Is that there's probably conversations that you have with the closest people in your life that are kind of those, those, those everyday kind of conversations. We have conversations about, hey, who's going to pick up the kids? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Like, how was your day? We have these dinner table kind of conversations that probably the next day you wouldn't remember or recall. And those still are important parts of your relationship. All of our prayers are important parts of our relationship with God. But there are also moments where you can look back on and you can say that moment in time changed my relationship. That conversation that I had changed that relationship. I can think back to several of those moments in time that I will never forget as as, as I was, you know, dating my wife, I remember, you know, kind of working up the courage a couple of times to, to go and not just, you know, like have casual conversations um, with my future wife, but to, but to go and work up the courage to ask my, uh, my wife, now my wife, um, to go to the Christmas banquet with me, okay? My freshman year of college, and she was a junior in college, and was, uh, you know, way more put together than me, and I had the boldness to, walk, to say, hey, you want to go to the Christmas banquet with me, okay? That's a life-changing moment in time conversation that changed the course of my life. And so here's what I want to talk about is that there are those ordinary prayers that we don't want to minimize or like put aside and say that those are insignificant. Uh, Our Father, our God loves us, wants to hear from us, wants us to have that relationship and that conversation and be regularly pouring out. And the scripture even says pray continually, continue to do it. But there are moments in time where there is a prayer that could change your entire life. And so we're going to walk down some dangerous territory over the next couple of weeks. So, you know, an ordinary prayer is kind of, kind of like these types of prayers. Like, God, keep me safe. God, here's some things going on in my life. Those are kind of like the ordinary, regular prayers that we pray that should be a part of our lives. But there are some dangerous prayers that I must caution you. If you pray them and mean them, you will not stay the same, okay? And so this is, this is the caution that I give you, that these prayers are for people that say, God, I am ready for more. I'm not going to settle and stay the same. And, and so I, there is a caution that comes with this. 
There is, you know, there is like, you can, it's easier and simpler in life to, you know, keep kind of those prayers in a category of, you know, the ordinary mundane conversation of life. But there are some words that if, if you embrace it and you say it and you pray it and you mean it, it can change your life. And those are the prayers we're going to talk about over the next three weeks. The first one is this, is search me. Search me. Let me help uh, kind of frame our discussion by this. Is that a lot of times I think our prayers are kind of reflective of, you know, whatever is going on in the world. I have this regular conversation with kids on the playground at Vista Peak. Probably happens almost daily. Where a kid will come up to me and like two kids are like, I'm settling some dispute between two kids. And one kid comes over and says, that kid over there hit me. And I'm like, okay, I'll go over and I'll talk to him. And I go over to him and, and I'm like, hey, dude, what's going on, man? And th- this is t- almost every time, this is the response. They were arguing with me. And I'm like, okay, what did you do? You don't understand. They said something. They did something I didn't like. They did this. And that's always the response is like, no, no, no. And I'm like, no, I don't. What did you do? And they're like, well, I did it because. And I'm like, no, 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 no. What did you do? Well, I hit him. And I said, who is responsible for that? Well, they did it. No, no, no. Who is responsible for that? I am. And they're like, but, and I'm like, no, no, I'll talk to them. But who are you responsible for? Well, I'm responsible for me. These are conversations that happen on the playground, but these are kind of, this is a way that we can kind of frame a little bit of our discussion. Here's what I think many times our prayers fall into this kind of mundane, ordinary pattern of looking like this. It's kind of, just bear with me, it's kind of like a mirror. Okay? Anybody, anybody a Boy Scout when they were a kid? Was anybody a Boy Scout? Uh, we got a Boy Scout in the room. All right. A couple of Boy Scouts, reluctantly. All right. I was not a Boy Scout, so probably all I'm going to describe right now is completely wrong. But I imagine, and I've seen like in movies, you know, the Boy Scouts go out camping. Maybe, oh, we need to start a fire. Get a mirror, reflective thing, and you can take the sunlight and you can like focus that light and start a fire looks pretty you know looks pretty cool it's almost as if many times our prayers are kind of like that here's what we do we look up to god and we are shining a mirror out and telling god look at the world you guys see yourself a little bit there look at all this And a lot of times what we do with our prayers is we go around and we say, God, the world is a dangerous place. Look at that, God. Look at the world. Look at these dangerous people. Fix it. Fix that. That's a dangerous place. God, there is somebody that is causing me problems at work. Look at that, God. Look at what's going on over there at my work. God, would you do something about that over there? And, and we look at the world and we're like, God, there is turmoil in places all over. God, look, 
God, would you please deal with that? God, I can't, you know, the, the economy is bad. God, I can't figure this out. God, would you fix that? And that's kind of what we do a lot of times with our ordinary prayers. If you think about kind of the list of the prayers that you normally pray, most of the time what we're doing is trying to point out to God all that is going on around us. And say, God, would you do something about that? And this prayer is totally different. The prayer turns the mirror around and says, God, would you search me? Let's read. Let's read in Psalm 139. It says this. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. This is, a, this is David praying, and he says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. This, my friends, is a dangerous prayer. It's dangerous when you flip the mirror around and you start your prayer by saying, God, search me. God, look at me. Help me to understand where I am. And so David says this dangerous prayer, and it's a life-changing prayer. And I want to kind of walk through all the different aspects of it. There's kind of like four little parts here to this prayer. But overall, uh, David is saying, God, search me. Help me to know what I need to do next. Remember this, and this is a key aspect of prayer that many times we neglect or forget, is that prayer is first and foremost, to change us. That's what prayer is. Prayer is first and foremost to change how we view the world. Prayer is first and foremost for us to get on God's page, not for us to point the mirror at the world and explain to God what he should do about everyone else. Prayer should first capture us and capture our hearts. And that's what David says. Search me. And the first line he says is, search my heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. You know, David is talking specifically to motives. David is talking specifically about what is his idea. What is inside his heart? What is, his, what, is, what is like motivating him to act the way that he acts? What a great start. And it's interesting, when Jesus showed up on earth, he started talking about motives. And I think he did it very intentionally. When Jesus showed up, he lived in a climate and time where people f- focused a lot on actions and the law. And in the Old Testament, there were specific laws and requirements and actions that people needed to take. And there was groups of people, namely the Pharisees and Sadducees, these religious leaders, that spent their life lording over and making sure that everyone followed those rules. 
They were, they were so deliberate and so specific about following those actions, those rules. And Jesus showed up and took it to another level. Jesus showed up and started calling into question people's motives. You see, the, the, the law said you shouldn't murder. And Jesus said you shouldn't hate. The law said you shouldn't commit adultery. And Jesus said you shouldn't lust. That Jesus went and looked at people and kind of put the mirror and said, listen, it's also, we need to look at people's motives. There is, there is a degree that we can, we can like reside in. There is a, a, a place we can reside in as faithful Christians following God that is kind of that comfortable space and ordinary prayer space where we really do focus on my actions and say, you know what, I can look at the Ten Commandments, haven't murdered anyone lately, haven't done this, haven't done that. I'm doing okay. And even the Pharisees looked around in their time and place and said, I'm doing okay. And look at all these other people that sometimes aren't. And Jesus took it up another level. And I think there's a couple of things going on here that Jesus was pointing out and putting the mirror on people to clearly demonstrate their need for salvation. Because when you start looking at motives and you start looking at those things, it goes beyond. And all of us have to admit we are sinners and we desperately need God. That is clear. It points out and clearly demonstrates our need for God's grace and forgiveness. In some ways, these lists just kind of say, good luck, you cannot measure up without the grace of God and God intervening in your life. If we're talking all the way about motives, wow. But David prays the prayer to say, search my heart. What is my motives behind what I'm doing? Jesus you know, demonstrated it and took kind of these commands to another level when he goes and starts speaking about motives. But he, he, he really kind of cr- clarifies and crystallizes all of his teaching around the simple truth of love. Love God, love your neighbor. And that speaks to motives, right? It speaks to what your heart is all about. It speaks to how... You, you are responding to the world around you. Is it with more and more love or is it not? And that's what Jesus looks to. That's what Jesus points people to. I think David here says, God, search my heart. And this is a dangerous place to get to because when you start thinking about motives, you can't just settle in and, and look around at the world and say, I'm doing pretty good compared to those around me. We have to dig deep and say, where is my heart? Is my heart filled more and more and more with the love of God? Or am I just kind of gritting it out? To portray something that is, you know, respectable. And so David takes it to another level and says, God, look at me. Look closely at me and search my heart. 
This is scary territory. You know, in, in many ways, we spend a lot of our lives trying to make sure that we hide our flaws. We spend a lot of our life kind of covering these things up. <clears throat> when people come over to our house, we do a quick cleanup of our house to make sure that we're respectable people, right? We, you know, we, we, we put on clothes. Please continue to do that, okay, when you come. To like, you know, to, to present ourselves respectably and, and, and like follow these cultural norms. But the reality is, is if you say this prayer, you are naked. There's nowhere to hide. And it's amazing in Scripture how it puts it when sin enters the world. Is that all of a sudden, Adam and Eve look around and they're like, Whoa, we are naked and there's nowhere to hide. And we need to run and hide from our Creator. And we've been doing that ever since. And David says this dangerous prayer, search me and know my heart. He continues on and he, he gets into more detail and he says in the, in the second line, test me and know my anxious thoughts. He's really talking about fears. And we, we've talked about this several times in the past few months and we we talked about it as one of our um, one of our uh, rise uh, series is that we should rise above our fears, but fears and anxiousness and these things are clearly in here because you know what our fears demonstrate the gaps in our faith. That's what it does. It points out and reveals the places in our faith where we are not totally like settled. If we have things in our life where we're like, we're terrified about, we're anxious about, we're always thinking about, really, like it's, it is a great tell as to where we are like not quite, quite relying on God. If we're constantly worried about like sickness, then maybe, you know, we, we're afraid of, of death. If we're constantly, you know, worried about certain things that will happen to our kids or these things, we're, we don't trust that God cares about or will protect our family or kids or will be enough for us in that area of our life. If we're constantly worried about money or finances, maybe it's revealing fears about what we put our, our trust in, the kind of materialistic things in our life. If our fears re- reveal our gaps in faith. And so he says here, help me understand, help me know my anxious thoughts. Help me to start to identify these patterns, these things that keep rolling around in my head over and over. You know, as that last song was played right here, that was, it was just a moment that I had. As we were worshiping together, where I just felt an overwhelming feeling as we're singing, singing those songs. God, help me to rise above the waves. And I was just moved by that. Where there's times where it just feels like, oh, I'm drowning, God. There's too much going on. There's all these stresses, all these worries, all these concerns. And God just says, step out and trust in faith. And this 
will be the answer. This, it'll be okay. And it is only in those moments in time where we can truly, like, like be all right. When we step out and say, God, you will take care of me in this moment in time. So he says, search me. Search my heart. Reveal my fears. What am I really, really afraid of? It also reveals our priorities when we, when we can like really clearly articulate and understand what we're afraid of. It reveals what's most important to us in life. You want to know what my fears are that I struggle with. Maybe I shouldn't tell you, but I will. The fears that I struggle with. And there's, you know, this is, this is what God was speaking to me about when we were going over this song is, my fears are that I will be a failure. I have that fear. Constantly running in my life, and it's something that like kind of creeps up in my life when things aren't going like as I wish they would, is that I anxiously say, God, I'm going to be a failure. And people are going to look at me and say, look, he didn't amount to anything in life. He never did anything in life. What that reveals to me is that what's more important to me sometimes is what people think of me and my reputation than it is what God wants me to do. Are we willing to face the anxious thoughts that we have and come to identify the gaps that we have in our faith? Third thing that uh, the prayer talks about says, see if there is any offensive way in me. What David is saying is uncover my sins. Uncover those areas of my life that I'm ashamed of. Reveal to me those areas of my life where I still haven't given it over to God. God, allow me to be open and honest about those areas in my life where still there's sin that resides and rules in my life. The offensive ways. What have I allowed my life to slide? What have I allowed my life to continue to go on? Because you know what? Maybe I'm pointing a mirror at the rest of the world and I can, like, I can compare myself to others and say, I'm doing okay, but God is saying there's things in my life that are unresolved, that I'm not dealing with, that are harming, that are hurting, that can undo me. <sighs> Uncover my sins. Reveal to me any of those areas in my life that are offensive. And last, it says this. See um, and lead me in the way everlasting. David says, lead me. David says, says, really, he's framing the question to God. He's saying, what should I do with my life? How should I guide my life? What should, what should I do? And you can see the progression, and it kind of builds as the prayer goes on, as he says, you know, I am open. Search me. Really, this is, all of this is the foundation and is a picture of salvation. It's a picture of saying, God, am I open to turning my life over to your control? 
Am I open to that? You know, there is, there, this is something that if we pray on a regular basis, it's one of those things that should be like a part of our routine. In moments, you know, that we will take time to uh, go to the communion table. And Jesus instituted this, and he said, do this often in remembrance of me. Really what that is, is it's a tangible practice of opening yourself up and saying, search me, God. But here's how it flows, and it has to conclude, is that you have to be open to say, God, I'm willing to look in the mirror. I'm willing to face the reality of my own life, where I am right now. I'm willing to face and look at my fears. I'm willing, God, to open up my heart and be sensitive to the offenses that I cause, the sins in my life that are unresolved, and then I will let you lead. I will let you lead me. I will follow where you want me to go. I will not be the master and commander of my own life. I will allow you to lead. I will allow you to control. I will allow you to totally point the mirror back at me instead of me pointing it everywhere else, and I will be accountable. God to you. And I'm following you with my life. When you, when you think about this prayer and you think about really what God is calling us to do when we follow him, is God is really calling us to be open to this place where we are willing and open to for God to search us. And really the community of faith in many ways is, is one of those outlets as well. That we open our hearts and open ourselves up to be accountable even one to another. That we say we will be a part of a community, we will be a part of you know, a group of people that are moving forward and moving on, and iron will sharpen iron. I will open my heart up to other people so that I can be challenged and pushed and, and nudged in the right direction. And that's what I'll open myself up to. There is a distinct possibility that you can spend your entire Christian existence saying an ordinary prayer that only points the mirror and points those prayers and directs them towards others. There is also a distinct possibility that you can spend your entire Christian life uh, sitting in a church and kind of showing up and, and, and engaging in a way that is kind of not walking in dangerous territory. The dangerous territory is open yourself up to say, this is where I'm at. God, maybe even the people around me in life, maybe the people you've placed in my faith journey, the community of faith, can help me go to another place. But you have to be able to be open. You have to be able for your heart to be laid bare. You have to be willing to, to be vulnerable and say, God, I'm opening myself up. Search me. This is a dangerous prayer that will not keep you in the same place. 
So here's what I want to do as a community of faith, and we're going to do this all through three weeks throughout this series. Is my challenge to you is to start your day with a dangerous prayer. And I don't want you to do this lightly. If it's something that you are not ready for, if it's something that you don't want to engage, if it's something that you are not ready to like, not just say those words as rote words on a page, but actually embrace and say, God, I am open, then here's my challenge to you. Set an alarm on your phone in the morning when you start your day. And make this prayer your daily prayer for this entire week. And make it something that you pray and you take some moments and you pause and you stop and you reflect and think about the best way for you that you can make sure you respond to this and just open yourself up to this. Every week we have our little... um, you know, note-taking guide here, and I have some reflection and response questions on the back to maybe give you an opportunity to kind of think about what your next steps are, think about the ways that you can, you can kind of uh, dissect and digest some of the stuff that we've talked about. The second question here is the challenge. Have you ever allowed God to search you? And then, what has God revealed when you prayed this dangerous prayer? Over the course of this week, if you want to take this challenge to pray this prayer, here's this space right here on this page, or you can get your own journal, or you can do whatever is is best for you to open your heart up to say, God, search me, and to tangibly say and respond to what is revealed. To look hard in the mirror. This, it may even be helpful This is cheesy, but maybe even be helpful. Pray this prayer and look in the mirror. And say, God, I'm not looking out at everything else. I want to lay my heart bare and open up myself for you to search me. For you to come into my life, to search my heart, reveal my fears, uncover my sins, and lead me. And lead me. This is a huge mistake people make sometimes when they approach their own personal prayers or their own personal Bible studies. And it's this. Many times people approach the Bible reading it for information's sake. And they read it and they're like, wow, that is a, that's insightful. That's unique. That's interesting. And they say prayers that are directed out towards others. But they never stop and reflect and say, God, what are you asking me to do as a result of what you say? One of the practices in my personal devotion time is at the end of me reading and doing my prayer time, I always, I have one, instead of just, just like I close it and I'm done, I always try to think of one thing that God is telling me to do immediately. And I try to write that down and say, God said this to me. I better start to follow. It is the process of being open for God to search you. 
And if you don't have a regular practice or habit in your life where you take time for prayer or you take time to read scripture, maybe this might be a pattern that starts over the course of this three-week series where you start to develop that kind of pattern in your life where you start your day and you start your time in life where you're, you're, you're stopping and you're pausing and you're opening your heart up for God to search and God to reveal, and to, for God to speak. Because that's what the point of this is. The point of our prayers is not to enlighten God. That's not the first point of our prayers. The point of our prayers is for God to change us. What I want to do as we move towards our time of communion is I want to pray together this prayer. And then I'll offer you, I'll, I'll open up a time for you to reflect and to search your own heart. Just as we do on a weekly basis. And to open yourself up to what God is saying to you. So this is day one. And I challenge you to continue this practice on all throughout the week. Seriously, do something to remind you because you will forget. Set it in your phone. Have an alarm go off and stop what you're doing and, and, and start your day with some moment, a moment like this. Let's put up on the screen again, Case, the Bible verse today. And let's pray this prayer, this dangerous prayer together. Search me, God, and make... And know my heart. All right, we got to start over. I messed it up, but we got to start over. Pray with me, okay? Are you ready? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Take a moment right now and to open yourself up and offer your own prayers to God.